0: Mainly me, Alfie and Robbie there, isn't it? Yeah. HappyHourLive.co.uk. See you in May. Yes, guys, it's Jack here from Jack Mate's Happy Hour Podcast. And you may have already seen, we are taking the podcast on tour. And tickets are on sale now. Head over to our socials to find out where you can grab yours. And be quick, because they're flying out the door.
1: I always just think that there's literally no one in the world that can do you better than you. Mm. And also you can't do them better than you can do yourself Mm. or better than them. So when people say, go and watch other presenters and do what they do, don't do that. Like Because you're never going to be that and they're never going to be you. So just try and find your own voice.
0: I I want to skip a little bit, Laura, and and talk about you. You you were a runner, weren't you? you...
1: I did a bit of running, but not... No, where did you get that
0: from? Oh, you weren't a runner.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) Who's done this research? The
0: internet. Wikipedia. I've got loads about running as well. Yeah, they said that's where you started at Sky, as a runner.
1: Oh, as in, sorry, I thought you meant as a physical Oh, runner. no, no, no. I, thought, I thought we were on the subject of sport. No, I sorry,
0: I, I skipped ahead. I skipped ahead to oh, you do. becoming a, a were you, <laughs> you a guys, runner? You guys
1: are sorry to shit you up there. You must I have been like, like fucking
0: what? I was like, Where? <laughs> <And then Jack laughs> have
2: you goes, ever worked at Scott? <laughs> I'm not a presenter. You think I but were? Jack instantly goes, well, we get all of our research from Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: amazing. Imagine every day watching something that is completely unpredictable and you don't know what's going to happen and you know what sport's like, it could just suddenly erupt and mm. you're like wow and, and that's your job so I was, I was addicted to it immediately.
2: What are the best free components of a Christmas dinner?
1: Oh, um, Yorkshire pudding number one. I don't care what meat you've got. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but back to the Christmas dinner.
0: Um, <laughs>
2: there's no better feeling than a personal win and the state farm personal price plan can help you do just that Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with
1: a personal price plan.
2: Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating
1: plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state.
2: If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking
0: Hello guys and welcome back to Jackmate's Happy Hour Podcast. Christmas episodes are in full flow. Stevie, I'll give you a little bit of shit from time to time, but you've actually, I, I, I rate the Christmas jumper. It's quite nice, isn't it? It is. It's a it's... little
2: Christmassy Snoopy and it's more like just a normal jumper. If it didn't have a Christmas design on, I'd wear it
0: all year round. I like it. Um, however, I think you're probably a bit too young to have watched Snoopy, no?
2: Yeah, I didn't watch it, but I, I, it was £12 from Primark. Is, is, is Snoopy kind of like in at the minute? I don't know. There's a lot of things. They had loads of them. They had
0: Simpsons ones, mm. Grinch, Nightmare Before Christmas. I got a little H&M t-shirt once that had Snoopy out of the pocket. But I didn't I, Was it in then? I, it's never been in. If, if I'm wearing it, it's not in, is it? <laughs> it's not in. But let's introduce our guest today because it is the 12 Guests of Christmas. And this is a guest I am super excited for. We are joined by one of the top presenters in the UK, in the world, Stevie. <laughs> It's Laura Woods. Stop. How are you, Laura? Good
1: morning, boys. <laughs> you just caught me mid uh, green tea pouring from this teapot, like old Mother Hubbard. <laughs> Look
0: at me. We should tell the listeners what you've what you've gone for there. It's Is, a bit rogue. Yeah. I've never heard of someone having this before. What have you got?
1: I promise you, green tea. Apparently, it's really good for you because it's got stuff in it that's good for your body mm-hmm. and that's scientific fact <laughs> um and and i always put um i always put honey in it because otherwise green tea on its own tastes a bit like piss but if you put honey in it it's actually a lovely drink so i i urge you to do it get a little bit of like it's got some caffeine in it too so it give you a little bit of a buzz
0: is is the word antioxidant?
1: Yes, yes, yes Is yeah. It? yeah, 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 fuck yeah. I don't know, it was some sort of <laughs> antioxidant yeah, in there. Yeah, i got that
0: bang on. I asked the guy at the cafe if anyone had ordered that before, and he said he has peppermint tea and he puts honey in that.
1: Oh no. <laughs> no, no. Is, there, is there stringent rules on this is there? Yeah, yeah there is because someone once made me a minty. Oh this sounds so wanky. <laughs> you someone... changed. <laughs> someone once made me a minty and brought honey with it and I tipped it over her face. <laughs> no, no, <'cause> it's... <laughs>
2: My
0: God!
1: <laughs> no, I just couldn't drink it because it didn't taste nice. But I didn't tell her that because she was lovely. Well, you've anyway, got a
0: whole you've got a whole buffet there.
1: It's great on a serving tray and everything. And I've got a smoothie. This is the best I've ever been treated. Thank you. No
0: worries, Laura. I'm buzzing that you're in because you're so fucking busy at the moment. We see you here, there, and everywhere. How yeah. have you made time for little old us?
1: Oh. Well, today's Thursdays are usually my day off. Mm. And um, I, I think me and you, I, I don't know how long we followed each other, but i followed you, not in an eerie way, but I've followed you for quite a while. And I like your videos Thank a lot. You. I always think they're really funny, especially the takedown ones where you just rip people apart. And I choose to be friends with you because if I'm not, then I'll oh, you know I mean? it's all—it's tactical, isn't it? I'm like, I better be friends with this guy. It's I've just had just a, a few go. people say that. To be fair, I've moved away
0: from that.
2: Well, moved you moved did off. until you heard about a pour and a mint tea. over I've people. already started scripting, already started
0: scripting <laughs> the video. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait for you to release an advent
1: calendar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, that was—that was probably one of the first ones I saw. Actually, bless her, uh, Zoella, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was mm. shit though, wasn't it? But no, I—I um, <laughs> do watch a lot of your videos, and I think they're brilliant. But I also quite appreciate the way that you kind of like you will switch into the sort of like softer, more vulnerable side of broadcasting, which I like Mm. as well, that you talk about deep issues. That's nice. That's nice.
0: I don't really know what to say to that because I'm not used to being complimented because I sit with you. Does it make you uncomfortable? Um, No, I could have an hour of it really, Laura.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've got more.
0: (laughs) Okay, Laura, we always start with the same question. Imagine a fan fantastical place far away called the happy hour hall of fame if you could put any item into that hall of fame something that means a lot to you what would you put in there
1: um obviously like the the clear ones be things like jewelry that means a lot to you and things like that um Mm -hmm. but i i am between two one of them is ketchup because i'm obsessed and i have it on Ketchup sandwiches are like one of my favourite things when I was younger. Well, nothing
2: else, just ketchup and just bread. Just ketchup
1: sandwiches, yeah. But put the bread in the microwave first for only 20 seconds, otherwise it melts So Does that make it soggy? Like, if that's anything over 30 seconds, soggy.
0: Wow, there's a science behind this. Yeah,
1: so like, if you've got stale bread, and I'm not talking mouldy, but if it's a bit stale, <laughs> uh, stick it in the microwave, and then it's like, ping, and it's wonderful again, basically re-kicks That it. sounds vile, wow. And then stick some ketchup on it, fold it over, and just... <laughs> Down your face. Ketchup? I, yeah. can't,
0: I can't get behind that.
1: Yeah, I promise it's nice. Um, anyway, so ketchup, I was between ketchup and Ray Parler.
0: <laughs> 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 the yin and yang similar. of life. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I, I'm gonna put Ray Parler in there because I think we should protect Ray Parler at all costs.
0: What a ledge! I think he, that's he our was first my favorite person. when I was
1: younger as well. Like, he was my favorite person. Um, and then when I met him when I was older he became even more my favourite person because he's just like, he's, he's, he's literally Ray Parler unfiltered all the time. And oh, I love it. I've not, I
0: have met Ray Parler. Oh. I met Ray Parler w- once in France. During, I think it was, was Euro. Was 2016? Yeah, and he did a talk. Yeah, he did a talk. And yeah, I was hanging off his every word. Yeah. What's he like on a night out?
1: So, so good. So good. I bet. I went on a night out with him and uh, we've been on a few of these actually with him and Alan Brazil. Oh. Can you imagine? I've heard
0: some stories about Alan from oh our friend my Luke Moore. Oh
1: God. <laughs> like there's been enough, there's been enough at Cheltenham. Yeah, Luke, Luke's probably got some great mm. ones about Alan. There's loads of like Cheltenham nights, of course, that we all would go out together and they would start, oh, it's not even nights out, they'd start at 10am when the show would finish and you'd all march over from the Coral box, um, which is just at the um, finish line at Cheltenham and you'd have done four hours on air together and it was like, and it's always amazing. Like I honestly, I I say this with such sincerity, like working with Alan Brazil and Ray Parler, there is, an Ally McCoy's as well, when the lot of us were all together. There is nothing better. It was, it's like, it's magical for so many different reasons. Cause there's like, I don't know, makes you feel almost nostalgic. Like it reminds me of when I was little and I would listen cause my dad loves TalkSport. He's mm. like their number one fan, always has been. So it kind of, their their voices take me back to that kind of place. But we would finish Cheltenham at 10am the show and then we would go straight to the Guinness tent, and the Guinness tent would always have one Guinness, right? You go into the Guinness tent on the right hand side, there would be one that was already made for Alan. And Alan was the number one customer every day at Cheltenham. He'd be the first in there and probably the last out. But wow. we, would, we would all go, the, the gates wouldn't have even opened yet. <laughs> he's living my dream. He's, he's honestly, he walks around there like Jesus and he just holds one hand up, kind of like, Good, like, good, morning. <laughs> good morning to you all and I go straight in there there's all it was seamless it was like leave the coal box walk downstairs like there'd be no stopping for anything straight up pick up his guinness down half of it probably and then that would be oh, it
0: that's phenomenal And
1: he'd hold court in the corner and then as the gates would open and everyone came in there'd just be like a stream of people wanting photos with him it's amazing oh, so,
0: why yeah. can't you pull those kind of strings for me stevie kind i can stevie. get you a guinness <laughs> 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 you just buy me a guinness so laura's putting ketchup and ray Parlour i Oh, had to get yeah, them right. moved. Yeah, I think so.
1: Ray Parlour covered in ketchup.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> that's a mental
1: image. I didn't know I, I, I needed until I've, then. I've had it too many times. <laughs> do you put Do you
0: put ketchup on your beans?
1: Um, mm, probably more barbecue sauce.
0: Good. Mix it all together and then it's like... You have won me back. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) Are
1: are you one of the weird
0: people who put ketchup on roast dinners? No,
1: no. Good. No, No, I'm glad you asked me that because I'm not a monster. Yeah,
0: (laughs) that is mental. (laughs) Okay, we also start with a little segment called Get to Know. As it's Christmas, we're going to sprinkle in a few festive uh, questions in Mm. there. Stevie, hit us with the first one. What is the worst present you've ever received?
1: ever receive (laughs) my nan does this every year right she actually she stopped maybe like the last three years but she used to buy me A ceramic dog every Christmas, you know, like one of those ceramic dogs that was like sleeping or something like that, and and it would always be like she would she would look at me as I open it, her and my granddad, and the expectation on their face was like they'd look at each other and she'd go, "Ern," she'd like knock his leg and be like, "Ern, wait till she sees this," and I'd be like, "Shit, what is this?" I'd be all excited and I'd open it up. Bearing in mind, I'd be about twenty-seven at the time. I'd open it up and it'd be. fucking ceramic dog. <laughs> and I'd be like, "Oh." And you can't the disappointment. It's like, "Oh, I can't let it flow through me." So I'd be like, "Wow." <laughs> and then there was this one year that she she really outdid herself because it wasn't a ceramic dog. It was a dog suspended on a swing that you can hang from something. Oh, so the what? Fucking dog. Was- <laughs> dog on a
0: swing. My nan's got one of them, but of Father Christmas like on a swing and you hit it when you go in the door and it goes ho, ho, ho. Like has that has a
1: purpose right? That's quite yeah. nice, yeah. <laughs> I mean, mine, mine did not have a purpose. What have you
0: done with all these dogs?
1: I kept them for a while. I kept them all in the same place for a while and then when I moved house I was like, I've got to I, I don't think she's going to ask for these back at any time, so I, you, I gave them to a charity shop.
0: Are you somebody that can hide getting a shit present quite well? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah because I'm always disappointed in <laughs> <laughs> <No, no. laughs> <laughs> no, I can hide it, yeah.
0: Fair fine. enough. Good good answer. <laughs> okay. Who's the most underrated footballer in the world?
1: Underrated? Uh, in the world? Mm. Wow. Um, I'm going to say, just because of my Arsenal allegiances, I'm going to say Granit Xhaka. Mm. Um, because maybe he's not underrated anymore like this season's been the best redemption story that I've ever seen in football it's amazing apart from maybe David Beckham Mm. like he literally like he went from being public enemy number one our captain everyone wanting him out hounding him I mean he had the worst treatment from Arsenal fans and probably other football fans as well and then (laughs) <laughs> the way that he managed to... He's now like a hero. right? It's ridiculous. But mm. the reason I say underrated is because I think the work that he does sometimes goes unnoticed. And also, <laughs> maybe this is just me, but I'm really proud of him when he doesn't get sent off. So yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> the fact that he's now like, I don't mind it when he picks up a card or something like that. I'm kind of like... Has he, been, still granite.
0: has he been good for a while, but like the average fan is only just now clocking on or, uh, he
1: he is good, but yeah. I think it's I think it's very easy to judge him because his his discipline was so bad. Yeah. And he like let's be honest, he used to throw games for us sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like he'd get himself sent off or do something stupid or give away penalty or something like that, and you'd be like, Oh, not again. But I think him, the actual work rate he does, and the way that this season you kind of playing a little bit more forward. And so he's involved more in, in like goals and things like that. Mm. And you're like, oh, that's granite. Like, what's he doing there for a start? But also, like, it just seems to be that it's working, it's clicking a bit more for him. So, yeah, I would say him. I mean, there'd, there'd be loads of others and people are like real, real kind of underrated players. But yeah, I'd say him. Fair enough.
2: What is your go to karaoke song?
1: You're not going to make me do it. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> or are we? God, no. I've got like, I'm monotone. Like I can't sing unless I'm drunk. And then I think I can sing really well. Um, probably like Total Eclipse of the Heart.
0: Wow. That's, That's a, a ballad. Big, it? For yeah. someone who's monotone, you're going big and there.
1: Yeah, honestly, it's like quite embarrassing. <laughs> but I think I did it on TalkSport once. I must have I actually can't drunk. remember
0: the chorus so yeah. if you could no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> If yeah. you had to get a tattoo right now what would you get?
1: Um oh my why my brain just went <laughs> an Arsenal badge but I would <laughs> never I obviously would never I I've,
0: I've I've got a West Ham badge.
1: Actually I think I did know that.
0: I've got I've got the old I've got the old castle there.
1: Oh, wow! Actually, hmm. that's amazing.
0: But then they take—they took the castle off the crest. Oh, shit. yeah. it's a, b- it's a bit, b- a bit embarrassing. Ed, Ed yeah. Sheeran has ketchup tattooed Stop on him. Stop
1: it! Does he? I think food? so.
0: Yeah,
2: he did a whole thing with Heinz, doesn't he? He loves it. Oh, did he get paid? a Bit of money for
0: <laughs> it.
1: How much would you have to be paid by Heinz to get Heinz on your body?
0: Oh, if you've seen some of my tattoos, I would not have a high bar. What's your worst one? Jesse Lingard tattooed the. That on me? No,
1: the jailings. Yeah, I've yeah. never been allowed to do it. Actually, with
0: my I, yeah, things. I always did it wrong. I, I I did that with the pinkies, but apparently it's it's that. Oh, because um, of J, Like Yeah, J-ling. and he's not a tattooist, so it's shit.
1: Wait, he tattooed it on you.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh fuck, they are. It's That's got
0: the full-blown teddy bearers. Well. Let's have a look. Heinz tomato ketchup. See, so, yeah, it's better than it's better than a lot of mine. Mm. Yeah, you oh, can't say anything. Laura, have you heard of Ben Howard?
1: Yeah, as in the the singer and guitar dude. I think yeah, he went to my school.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Where? Oh, See, when I was 18, I was banging to he him. I've just realised he didn't. I got I got lyrics from one of his songs tattooed across my chest. They're
2: nice lyrics. It is so.
0: fucking horrific, Stevie. Yeah, the tattoo is, but the lyrics are nice. What are the lyrics? So, so, so the. I'm oh, cringing the, Yeah, it's awful, and I knew it was bad because two weeks after, I went to Reading Festival, and someone asked me what it said, and I was already too embarrassed to tell them then. <laughs> no, but the fact so that they couldn't read now it. Now I'm, I'm almost 30. It's keep your head. <laughs>
1: oh no! But keep your head up. Keep your heart strong. <laughs> yeah, Stop. Yeah. Stop! <laughs> <laughs> oh. when, when you get ready in the mirror in the morning do you go keep your head up Keo, <laughs> it's keep your
2: head got to keep your mindset as well and it's big
0: it's oh how right many, many verses
1: are we talking really about <laughs> he,
0: doesn't do <laughs> the, he doesn't do the hair long part but. And, and and the guy who did it so there right it starts wow okay. it's big but, yeah but then it runs out of. he ran out of room oh. so there he's like crammed it all in <laughs> it's, it's like, like, horrific
1: and when you write a birthday card and you're like <laughs> exactly
0: oh it's horrific
1: wow congratulations yeah. have you got the where it says repeat chorus to fail. Like.
0: I didn't get the line keep your hair long because I thought if I go bald,
1: I can't, I can't have that. You can't argue with physics, can you? Wait, is it physics or is it biology?
0: I don't, I don't even uh, care at this point, Laura. What's the, what's the most unusual app you have on your phone?
1: I literally just spat in my own lap. <laughs> Which is, funnily enough, an app I've got. (laughs) No, no, nothing like that. Nothing disgusting. (laughs) What's going on? What's happening? I don't know where I didn't stick this. The most unusual app I've got on my phone... Um, has got to be I've got loads to do with my dog because I've got a dog. Um, I've got training apps that have not been used. and if you met my dog, you'd understand they've never been used because she's she literally just does whatever she wants. What kind of dog? She's a Frenchie. Oh. And I've got her because I was like, I literally Googled what dogs are like don't require a lot of exercise. Yeah, and they were like, Frenchies, they're lazy, they sleep a lot. and but they didn't tell me how stubborn they were. They, she is stubborn um, but she's amazing she's when,
0: when you say stubborn what do you mean like she won't go on walks and they, stuff
1: honestly you take a Frenchie for a walk they are all like this sometimes they just sit down and they're like no I love that though I love. I
0: saw a bulldog do that once just, just just give up, give up, up. yeah just sit well that's what down. a Frenchie is isn't it a Fre- a French bulldog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. That, yeah it's
1: a bulldog yeah. trait. They're yeah. really stubborn. They won't walk when you want them to. Like, sometimes like, I can coax her into it. But if any of the dog walkers, they're like, she's not, they text me and they go, she's not moving again. <laughs> and they'll send a picture of her. And she's literally like, if a bulldog could smile, she's literally going, <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck you guys. Um, so yeah, I would say there's definitely like a, a weird, I used to have an app called Borrow My Doggy, which is like a dating site for dogs me
0: and f- humans. Me and Feeve are, are on that. We've yeah. never done it, but we signed up to it. I
1: did it a lot, but what you borrow a dog from someone? Oh, just when you don't own a dog. Yeah, Yeah. and then you can walk it. So if you want, if you like, because I loved, I've always had dogs. So I'm like, when I used to, um, when I was like a few years younger. And I couldn't have a dog. I was like, oh, I still want to walk them. So you go and you would find they'd have like profiles of these dogs in all these different photos. It is
0: like Tinder for dogs. It is literally, yeah. yeah
1: and they'll match you up, and you're like, Can I walk your dog? And they're like, Yeah, fine. But but I had a bad run of really nasty, not nasty, but naughty dogs. And there was one that I left the lead, and I couldn't get it back. And it was, oh, it, it, it wasn't a whippet, but it was fast. I think it was like a cross. And I panicked. I panicked so much because it went near the road. I was a night clap and in that Clapham Common, and honestly, oh, fuck. like, I was like, That's the end of that.
0: So. so you your your unusual app is a dog training app yeah
1: yeah there's there's probably a few more but yeah how
0: how, do, how would an app help you train a dog
1: It gives you tips. So it says like, right, today, for example, we're going to teach your dog how to sit. She knows how to sit, but just, yeah. And it would go, right, get a treat ready, do this, like keep repeating, da, 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 this is the way to do it. Or if you want to lie down or if you like graduate to bigger ones, it's like roll over and all that sort of stuff. Oh, fair enough. We haven't got very far (laughs) on (laughs)
2: it. One to bring the mood down. You're on death row. (laughs) Uh, You've killed someone's dog. (laughs) I'm borrowing my doggy. (laughs) What are you choosing as your last meal?
1: I really like pizza. I really like pizza. I think I would... I, are we allowed starters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I yeah, yeah. Afro, you yeah. get what you want. Um, I, w- I think I would go... I would start with, like, dumplings. You know, like, dumplings that you get from a Chinese shop or something like that. I would get some dumplings. Um, I would then graduate onto a pizza. Um, I would then... And pizza's, like, I'm actually quite basic with pizza, so I'd have, like, it'd be a margarita... With ham and it would have garlic sauce for sure. One of those like giant garlic dips mm-hmm. that you drown yourself in. Have you
0: seen the calories in them on the Domino's I refu- website?
1: I refuse to they're, look.
0: They're bad. They're like almost as bad as the pizza. Yeah. Isn't
1: one slice like enough to last you a week?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's madness. That I know the big the big pots. I saw like it was a Twitter meme going around, wasn't it? And the big pots were like 900 calories in one of those. That's I the co- sauce. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah, wow. I couldn't believe it. I'm That's not 100%. asked about that, but <laughs>
1: clearly, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm one of those people that thinks if it's like a liquid, it doesn't have any calories. Right? In it. Yeah, hundred so like percent, like ketchup. Yeah, exactly.
0: That's <laughs> yeah, fine. So, pizza for the main and dessert. Yeah, just some sort of a posh cheesecake. Love it.
1: Because why not? I'm Love On death row, I might as well be flash.
0: That's a hell of a shout. Best Christmas movie of all time.
1: Mm. This very much depends what mood I'm in, but I would I would definitely go between. Um, I would go. I love Night Before Christmas. I don't think it's the best one, but I just like the music and stuff. I love it. That's
0: Fiona's favorite as well.
1: It's a bit dark mm-hmm. as well, isn't it? So it's quite cool that one. Um, Home Alone is is a classic. Um, I do agree that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, but I don't think it's one of the best ones. Um, have you ever seen Muppets Christmas Carol? Yeah. yeah, love it. Love it. You sound like you're not a fan.
2: I don't mind it. Don't mind I'm it. a jingle all the way, boy. I can't get over it. It's oh, the best film.
1: That's your best film. Yeah, mm. but I
2: was a kid when it came out, so I enjoyed How that. How old are you? Twenty nine.
1: Oh, he's a baby. Um,
2: <laughs> he's twenty nine. Uh, are you babies too? Mm. you are both babies. Mm. Oh.
1: Yeah, a jingle all the way. I can't get on board with, but I like some of those kind of like classics. But if you threw a few more, I'd probably go. I oh, hate yeah, that one as can well.
0: Can I tempt you with the Grinch? Mm. Oh. Come on! He does a Grinch impression. He likes no, it. No, I don't do it. Do don't it, do on. it. Don't do it. If you could,
1: uh, <laughs>
0: if you could instantly become an expert at a random topic, what oh, would you have?
1: Um, I would love. To, I would be bilingual.
0: Yeah, good shout. Yeah. Any specific?
1: Um, Spanish. I would love to know Spanish. I'd love to know French. Um, because I think it would really help with my job. God, that's a boring mm. answer. No, just... ask me again. Let me think of something better.
0: Well, Bayo said a similar thing, didn't he? But he said... Um, Korean, Korean. Spanish, Korean. <laughs> he's it's... getting big into anime.
1: What's, I was going to say, what's yeah. his next career move? Yeah. There's, he... only, there's only one reason he's saying that. I bet he's going to go over there and start like a career in Korean wrestling <laughs> or
0: something. <laughs> For sure. And then the <laughs> final one before we move on.
2: Finish off of the Christmas one. What are the best three components of a Christmas dinner?
1: Oh, um, Yorkshire pudding number one. I don't care what meat you've got. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but back to the Christmas dinner. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely Yorkshire pudding, um, gravy. Because there's no point in having gravy if you don't have enough gravy.
0: Hundred percent. Just having
1: a little, but you might as well just have it dry. Yeah. Um, we don't don't ever do that, by the way. So, and and genuinely for me, like um. The um, why am I doing that? (laughs) The um, vegetables, so like carrots and parsnips, they're very important.
0: Parsnips are huge. Parsnips are so underrated. Yeah, so underrated. Actually,
1: glazed ones.
0: Yes, you can put honey on them. Yeah, not so much your tea, but you can put them. Yeah, a friend,
1: a friend of mine, (laughs) a friend of mine went to um, now where was it? It Was somewhere in Scandinavia? Went for a a, um, roast with them, but. Um, not in Scandinavia, sorry, they are Scandinavian and they made a roast and apparently somewhere in Scandinavia they don't have gravy on their food, on their roasts. So they... And made this amazing roast, and everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Buzzing, like waiting for the gravy to come, and it just never came. And they were like, "Thank you."
2: Oh, <laughs> like, yes. Trying to swallow it. We've had a guest during <coughs> these twelve pods mm. that says they don't have gravy on their Christmas dinner. Mm.
1: No, who? Who? Name them. Can't
2: remember who. Pie Face, mm. the eats a Twitch FIFA streamer. Yeah, mm.
1: what a creep.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, let's move on to you because you have done so so much. Like we can't turn on our TV without seeing you plastered oh, no, all I'm over. Sorry, it. Uh, but we much like every other podcast out there, we take it back to the early days. You grew up in Dagenham, is that right?
1: Yeah, it, I actually no, don't know why Dagenham's on my passport, but I actually grew up in Bromford in Essex. Oh, it's <laughs> even better. Yeah, I, I lived there till I was about three, and then um, then I moved into central London, Liverpool Street. And then I moved out to Surrey. So I moved a lot, yeah.
0: So what were you like at school? I don't mean academically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to know the naughtiest thing you did while you were at school, (sighs) essentially.
1: Oh, I... uh, This tells
0: you a lot about an individual.
1: I actually, I did get suspended. Um, I got suspended for like a combination of lots of naughty things, basically. Um, I climbed out a window, but it was on a ground level. So I climbed out the window... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why I climbed out the, min- the window during Spanish class they closed the window behind me and then I w- would wave to my teacher through the window but I'd do it without her noticing that was the kind of the the crux of it was like get out before she notices and right. then be like oh that's not the window and that got me in a lot of trouble um, just generally being like f- fairly naughty in general um we went into the boys' toilets, and that was apparently really naughty as well. So these kind of all like strikes, which led up to mm-hmm. me being um, suspended. We would have like, you know. We'll you like at school we would have like competitions who could get to the bottom of the detention like in your homework diary you'd have every detention written on a oh
0: there was a there was a, a sort page. of metric yeah. system for this
1: it's, it's not it shouldn't be a thing yeah <laughs> it's a it's a very stupid it, thing
0: it's a thing you're you were very good at school I've though, never think. had a detention really? in my life really you can tell that by looking at it. yeah mm. i
1: bet you did all your homework on time yeah. <laughs> yeah. You loved was, it though, didn't you? I
2: quite enjoyed school. Yeah, the glory days. Yeah. It's all downhill since then.
1: Uh, I it was funny cuz like I I was so engaged with maybe two subjects or three subjects. Like English I I adored and yeah. I was so into it and I just I loved the creative writing side of it and things like that. I didn't love so much um when you would have to like the structure of it. So, as soon as you get the shackles of like, you have to spell right, your grammar's got to be great, all that sort of stuff, I found it a bit like constricting because I, I would want to just write a load of crap and, and be away with the fairies. I'm
0: exactly the same as that. Yeah, exactly it's funny, the isn't same. It? Yeah. I
1: think it's, I think now I recognize it. Now I'm a bit older, I can say, well, part of like I've got no idea but I'm convinced when I was at school or maybe even now I have some sort of ADHD or ADD or something like that because I just remember constantly being like looking out the window and just losing my focus and daydreaming about something and then having to be like clapped back Mm. into the room and things like that. P, I I loved because I felt like it just Burn off a lot of my energy and I loved sports and I've got two big brothers so we would always be involved in sports we'd have a we're part of a rugby club outside of our um, school which was like the sense of community that we got when we were younger so those were my two favorite subjects everything else I probably I was smart like I could pass my exams but Mm. I found out really really soon that I was good enough to pass those exams without doing a lot of Research and homework. Right. So if I could go back and do it again, I would have knuckled down. It wouldn't have changed my life if I'd have got a better grade than than this or anything like that. But mm. I kind of, I knew how to cut corners from an early age, which now I think is a talent in itself.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised at how similar I am to what you said about your English, like the the creative side of it. I always think. <clears throat> To people are either creative or they're like logical. Does that make yes, sense? Yes, like, I know exactly. Fee loves yeah. numbers, like she'll lay in bed and she'll do like a Sudoku and I could not think of anything worse than that. <laughs> but I'd, I'd happily like sit there and write a poem or a sitcom or something like that so I think maybe that's like the line of work that we're in is similar. it is like can
1: you imagine if you were at school and someone said to you right your project this week is to go and make your own podcast Mm. and you'd be like wow like amazing but at school there was never really anything that I mean maybe when I got to uni it was like make a front page of a magazine or something like that it would be a bit like that but yeah I, I, I remember almost weirdly the things that make me good at my job now Mm -hmm. were the things that were discouraged and punished at school right that's what I can identify yeah did you ever
0: have a thing called a lion heart day
1: Lionheart Day. Why do I know? Why?
0: Well, I I only remembered this recently. Did you, Did you have this? I so have no idea. It was everyone went into like the big hall, and then like some like external people came in, and it was like essentially like the we got given like a task like what they do on the Apprentice. So it was like I'll come up with like a chocolate brand brand, yes. and then design the packaging and do. I fucking loved that. Yeah. Like that was so sick.
1: We so had this thing in DT, um, which was like um, you have to make a structure where someone can stand on it but you've got to make it out of straws and bits of paper i swear
0: shit. we did that as well it yeah right. you must have done it, it, yeah. did they brand was that like team building Is yeah that exactly put, and yeah. you had a
1: budget yeah, and yeah. Like, but we'd always just cheat and have like a bit more sellotape than you're meant to have and stuff <laughs> right. like that. i remember doing things like that and thinking that was great anything <laughs> anything practical i really enjoyed like and i was crap at like you know like home ec and things like that i was crap at. Right, But I hated the way at school as well. I hated the way it was very much like girls do home ec, boys do DT mm-hmm. or um, girls don't do PE, boys do PE and stuff like that. I I always remember wanting to sort of, I, I wasn't I, like, I, I guess I was a tomboy. Like when we were younger, people always used to say I'm a tomboy, but it wasn't, I, I don't really look at it like that now. I just think. I had brothers, I liked doing what they did as well. We all did those kind of things together, so that was kind of like the norm for me.
0: Right, fair enough. I, I want to skip a little bit, Laura, and, and talk about you. you. You were a runner, weren't you? Were you?
1: I did a bit of running, but not... No, where did you get that
0: from? Oh, you weren't a runner?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> Who's done <laughs> this research? The
0: internet. Wikipedia. I've got loads about running as well. Yeah, they said that's where you started, at Sky, as a runner.
1: Oh, as in, sorry, I thought you meant as a physical... Oh, no, no, <laughs> thought I thought we were on the subject of sport. No, I sorry,
0: like, I, s- I skipped ahead. I skipped ahead oh, to you do. becoming a, a... big. Were you, <laughs> you a guys, runner?
1: You guys are sorry to shit you up there. You must I have been like... like oh, I was like, fucking
0: I was like, wait. Have you goes, ever worked at Sky? <laughs> I'm not a presenter. do you
1: think <laughs> I, I was? But Jack
2: instantly goes, well, we get all of our research from Wikipedia. <laughs> That's
1: amazing. <laughs> sorry. Yes, I was a runner. Yeah.
0: Right, okay, <laughs> good, good. Thank fuck for that, because um, <laughs> my my mate was a runner as well on, um, on on I think it was BBC yeah like never mind the buzzcocks and stuff oh like that. Oh my
1: god, really? That's such a great show.
0: And he had to he told me quite a few stories, some not fit for this show, but there one of the stories he said was Phil Jupiter. So he had to get him a full. Nando's chicken every single day. So I was just wondering, as if during your time as a runner, did you have any sort of weird requests like that that you can share?
1: There was a there was a PA who I grew to love. Like her, her name was Lydia, and um, when you were when you're a runner in TV, mm. literally like this was my attitude. I would do anything. I would go to any lengths because I was like, I want to learn how to do all this, and I took it really seriously. I was like, right, come on, I'm going to do this really well because I knew. I was like, this is my golden opportunity. I was like, I'm in this amazing place called Sky. I really worked to get in there as well. And I was like, I've got to do everything right. But also, I just loved it. It was like such an exciting place to be. The sort of stuff that you saw was like, it just wasn't normal. Like, you're watching these amazing... You go to the canteen, for example, and you would see Gary Neville. And, like, that's just... You're in the canteen, you know? You'd be walking around, like, the, the corridors. That was the first place I ever saw Ray Parlour, And I was like, shit. Wow. And I was too scared to go up to him. Like, that just... That was regular at Sky. So it was like you're you're working, you're rubbing shoulders with stars mm. every day. It was wicked. And then you'd see everything behind the scenes and you'd make these wicked shows. and And also, like, because you're working on a sport... Imagine every day, I mean obviously like we wouldn't have an event every day but unless it's a tournament, imagine every day watching something that is completely unpredictable and you don't know what's going to happen and you know what sports like it just suddenly erupt and mm. you're like wow and, and that's your job so I was, I was addicted to it immediately. So there was, there was this. This isn't wild or anything, but there was this um, PA, and she. I remember making teas and coffees, and I just hated. I was so bad at them anyway. And she would have a coffee, but it would have to have a drop of of milk. And if it wasn't, if it was any more than a drop of milk, she would take it, smell it, and go, "Oh, I can hear, I can smell the milk. Can you make me another one?" So you had to literally, because I was like, "Well, a drop's going to be a splash, isn't it?" No, 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 no it's got to be a drop. But that was, oh wow, like there weren't really people that were that kind of out there. But when when I worked on darts. Some of the shoots that we would do would be like, right, go out. Like, for example, we had the pie man um, and he was making pies with um, Eric Bristow. So we'd need to go and buy the um, the whole re- recipe for making pies, things to make the pies in, all that sort of stuff. Like we also, we organised to do a shoot with somebody and it was like, you, I had to go to Asda and get the entire contents of like vegetables for this like cooking shoot that we were going to do. And then it got cancelled by the time I got back and I was oh, like, oh my God. So <laughs> we had all this food, and we just shared it amongst the runners for Christmas because it was at Christmas. But yeah, things like that and, and outfits, you know, you'd have to go to the fancy dress shop and get all the walk on outfits for all the darts players and things like that and that was just like I can see
0: why that's such a fun job like it was Every day every yeah. day's different. Yeah. What what was it you did because you you got you you did the darts, didn't you? You've yeah. done the darts for years. Yeah, like yeah. was it the YouTube channel you did at first?
1: Yeah, the- so I I started at Sky in 2009 and the darts team it was called the pub sports team so it would have like darts, snooker, um speedway, pool they were kind of like, all. it was almost like niche sports, you know, and they were all in one team. And it was, that team was the most creative team at Sky, like the edits that they'd make, the music they would use. It was like, if you imagine darts, darts on its own probably isn't that cool, but there was like this vision between Sky and Matchroom, which was like, right, lights everywhere, walk on music, Mm. walk on outfits, like bam, bam, bam. And like, and even all the edits that would go into that work would have like modern music on it or like there'd be like a drum and bass track or there'd be like a hip-hop track and things like that and it would just be it would not be what you would expect to come with darts. But it was cool.
0: I think that seems... I always say it's like a practical joke that got out of hand. Right, (laughs) yeah,
1: completely, completely. (laughs) But if you imagine working on it, we were like... It was just wicked. We were like, right, we're going to use this brand. It was like a Dizzy Rascal track back in the day. Mm. And we're like, right. It was a bonkers track and it was for match play. And one of my producers made the most amazing opener, which goes at the top of the show. And it's like just like celebrations everywhere. Because the way that the darts players celebrate... Like that's gold. Like imagine putting that back to back with like loads of like wicked um, graphics and stuff like that for an opener. So um, anyway, it was it was amazing working on that. But I remember I loved working production, but it wasn't my passion to do that. Mm-hmm. I got to the level of a producer and I started producing shows and I was like, this is wicked. And and at the time I remember I was the youngest producer at Sky and my, my boss, my executive producer, he was like, you're going to be great at this. Like keep doing this. And I was like... I don't want to, like I I had no sort of desire to be that person that was in control of everything. I just didn't, it didn't make me tick, it didn't excite me. But when I thought about reporting and presenting, I'd never done it, but I just knew that there was something in it because I like talking to people. So I was like, look, my boss is called Rory. And I was like, Rory, can I just borrow, when we do the Premier League darts every Thursday for like that period of time in the middle of the year, can I just borrow one of our cameras that's already going to be there? backstage camera and can I go and do some funny interviews so I he was like yeah like whatever and I would cut it together and I'd put it on our YouTube channel and I was like if it's good we'll put it on the sky one if it's not don't worry I'll make my own channel and he was like yeah cool okay so I'd go out and like <laughs> I always remember Andy Hamilton <laughs> I was never doing this in- interview with Andy Hamilton and I was like, we've already, everyone knows what you're going to say about the matches. It's boring. And I've heard them say the same thing over and over again. I was like, here's a quiz about hammers. And it would be like, name me, you know, who, who's the hammer in Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny? And he'd be like, oh, like, and, then, and it would go down that route, like Timmy Mallet. And then, and then he'd be like, you know, what's the hammer that a judge uses and all these different things? <laughs> it was just ridiculous. But it was funny. And then I would cut it all together. I'd do the voiceover of it and I'd put it out there. And that, I suppose, that was the first time when people kind of was like, oh, we, we can take her a bit more seriously because we can mm. see it. Whereas right. you go up to someone, I went up to every producer at Sky all the time and I'd say, can you let me do this? And they'd be like, have you done it before? No, I haven't. Well, as if we're going to let you do it. But gradually, like you just have to keep knocking on the doors. And I'd go, I went to the NFL team as well. And I was like, give me an opportunity and they'd give you some pre-records. But it is a big step to be kind of trusted in a role to kind of like go on screen. So yeah, that stuff really helped.
0: I've got a couple of questions there. Yeah. Um, the first one that springs to mind is you—you've you, done NFL, you've done so many different sports, and like I've done a bit of like football stuff here and there, and and the darts, and that's really just my my two. And I, when I first got into the darts a couple of years ago, I had to really learn about the darts. Yeah. Like I thought I liked darts, but I just knew like the top players how do you have such a vast knowledge of all these different sports
1: I think really from when I was younger I think one thing I will always do because I never want to be in a position where I feel like I'm short on knowledge so if I get given a task and it comes from it's discipline isn't it so Mm. like they they would at the very beginning of my career they'd be like can you do um ping pong and obviously I'm like the world championships of ping pong let's be honest guys I've never watched it before in my
2: life and I'm not going to pretend Stevie you'd be all over that would you I love table tennis isn't
1: it great though Andrew Bagley right
2: yeah oh, I'm like, I'm a, I like
1: playing it uh, fine
0: sorry <laughs> <laughs> see that's what I mean oh, yeah, Laura but, knows everything yeah. about every fucking sport you must
1: but, know Maxim Shmiriev yeah <laughs> he was yeah, the Russian no. champion yeah obviously yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: you, you you, yeah you haven't seen you know I know, I know, I know
1: but it, know. it is the thing is right so that that's a great example just to say when someone gives you an, an opportunity on something live I was like my decision is always yes and I will you know what when is it it's in two weeks time okay fine yes, yes now I'm going to go away lock myself in a room for two weeks I'm going to learn everything there is to know about this I'm going to watch every final that's ever been and to not probably not that extent but you know I will I will get to the point where I turn up on that day and I will know the most about this sport than anyone and obviously you're not you're not going to be that, but that was the attitude that I had towards everything I got put on bowling and it was the same for that I was like I'm going to treat everything with the same respect so you get you I got into a role of where I was like I know how to do this. I know I know that I can have this much knowledge on something and then I can build on it as the competition goes on. But I also learned not to um try and be the expert. So I'm the presenter, I'm the reporter. I can tell you behind the scenes that I think I know everything there is to know, but on camera, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the viewer who's not gonna know everything. And I'm gonna ask questions that I think that might help the, the viewer be educated. I, I don't like sort of going onto something and, and trying to convince the viewer, I know everything. Mm. Like, cause I don't and, right. I, and I'd be lying if, if I did. But it doesn't change the attitude that you need to have towards it, which is, I'm going to know everything. It's it's, it's a weird kind of like um, contradiction. So, yeah, I I just read. I just read it all. But like I always think in today's day and age all of that um, information is so accessible. You know, like you can, cause we've got social media mm. we, and Google, we can just like bring everything that we need to the forefront immediately. We found oh,
0: out God. you are a runner before you knew you were. <laughs> I didn't even know I was
1: a runner, you're absolutely right. But yeah, as long as long as you treat everything with, with the amount of respect as if it's the Champions League final. Right. Like it doesn't matter what it is to me. It, it's live TV and all of the pressures felt the same to me.
0: I I think that's like super inspirational to a lot of people out there that want Mm. to be a presenter. I I listened to, I think I texted you about it, but I listened to you on the Fozcast um, recently. I love Ben, Listen to all his episodes, but that your episode was my favourite for sure. Because although I kind of like, I do presenting and stuff, it's not like my main dream, but I learned, more from what you were saying in that hour than I think I've never heard anyone talk about presenting like that before like how much it sounds like such I don't know if it sounds a bit like I'm dumbing it down but the fact that you put all of that research Mm. into it like that that baffled me and another thing that I really liked if if we could ask you a similar question to what Ben did how do you find your voice because that's that's like a common phrase isn't it finding your voice but it's never truer than in the presenting game yeah I I when I started and I was doing like bits for Sport Bible and stuff. I was putting on this real fake like yes.
2: like presenter voice. Yeah, David I, Brent. Yeah, yeah li- well literally, I,
0: I did I did sort of ten years on YouTube just being David Brent. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you do that?
1: Honestly, I was exactly the same as you. And I, I don't believe anyone that says they're natural to presenting because there's nothing natural about it. There is, It's the most unnatural situation you can be put in. Someone's basically picking you up, putting you in front of a camera. You've got to make eye contact with a lens that's not even like visible half the time. It's just a black hole that you've got to look into. And then they want you to be natural and you're like, there's nothing natural about this. Everyone's looking at me and I'm shitting myself. And, like, and I've got to not make a mistake and I've got all these people in my ear. It's hard. So I think the best thing that ever happened to me was I went and covered the Euros in France. We I'd managed to get a job on Soccer AM's online team. It was the first time that they'd kind of like moved into the online world, YouTube, Facebook lives. And the Facebook lives were actually the, the thing that unlocked it for me. Because up until then, I was the same. I had a voice that wasn't me. And I, and I hated, I was like, who is that? And I'd watch it back and I'd feel uncomfortable. And I still do when I watch stuff I do. I hate watching it back.
0: I do as well. I've yeah. still not got over that.
1: But you mm. have to, to mm. kind of progress. But I hate it. So mm. I'll avoid it as much as I can. But I was, um, I was watching it back and I was like, I didn't recognise the person I was. And then we were in France and we had, Sky had a contract with Facebook to do a Facebook Live 10 minutes long every day of the tournament. Didn't matter if there weren't any games. It was up to us to create content. Right. And we were in an Airbnb in France, in the south of France, and it was wicked. And it was like probably just the knockout stages just died. And we had to do a Facebook Live. We were all deeply hungover slash still drunk from the night before. (laughs) We'd been playing hide and seek in this giant house that we'd rented out. (laughs) And... um. (laughs) <laughs> it was that was fun, and uh, basically we had to quickly go and do a Facebook live, and the boys were like, "Let's just get it done, Smithy." You know, I didn't yeah, say it. yeah, yeah. Like, um, there were loads that like it was it was a great team. We were like, "Let's just get it done," and we sat in the garden of this house, and we just went live, and there were obviously with Facebook live comments coming in as you go, and gradually throughout that tournament. It removed this fear factor and it also took me off of scripts. So I would put in all of this homework before before a shift, before a live or something like that. And I'd, I'd write down all these things and we would almost also, like sometimes the pre-recorded stuff that we'd do, we'd have scripted lines. We'd go, right, now say this, now say this, da-da-da-da. And then with Facebook Lives, you can't really do that. So it took me off of scripts for a start mm-hmm. and it makes you, it's a little bit take, like taking the stabilizers off a bike. You're just forced to go and like, and if you fail, you're gonna crash and you're gonna break your head open. So don't fail. Just keep going, right? Even mm-hmm. if you make a mistake, just keep powering through. So that was a that was a really good fight or flight situation where all of a sudden you realize that your adrenaline kind of catches you. Mm-hmm. And that's like your buoyancy. Your adrenaline's like, whoop. Like I'm always much better at live than I am pre-records. I hate pre-records. Really? I'll make a million mistakes pre-record. Yeah. Like I, I remember going wow. like, on site, the first NFL show I did this year, the pre-record, I went on site. And the Queen had just died, sorry, soul. So like the whole mood of everything, we'd gone from it being like a comedy show to this is very serious. And I was like, shit. And I remember like the first pre-record that we did, I hate cue. I hate reading it, I'm not very good at it. Um, I don't like scripts, things like that. And we went through this whole thing and I must have fucked up about a billion times. And I remember thinking like, I was looking at all the people that I was working with for the first time and I was thinking, wow, they, I know they're thinking this is gonna be a very long season. But if it's live and then the first live show that we did, there's like, there's no fuck ups because your body just kind of, or mind does, it just goes, right. I'm going to elevate myself. I have to do this right. Um, and it puts you in a different mindset. So I think that's what the Facebook Lives did. And we started interacting with um, the people that were viewing and writing in questions. And I was like, oh, this question is blah, 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 blah. And I swear to God, because we we kept doing it, it created like a familiarity with, with this feeling of being live, but also it relaxed me. And I was like, "Ah," oh, and I just kind of thought. There's no script here there's no there's no words apart from my own that I have to I have to be you've you've put the work in, you know what you're talking about now just relax and all of a sudden it was my voice rather than somebody else's that I thought I had to put on and um, that, that day that we were in the garden, probably because we were a little bit drunk so our inhibitions were less, I was like, wow, I really enjoyed that and I was like, try and be that, try and just kind of bring that and that was your, that's your natural personality. So I always just think that there's literally no one in the world that can do you better than you. Mm. And also you can't do them better than you can do yourself mm. or better than them. So when people say, go and watch other presenters and do what they do, don't do that. Like, because you're never going to be that and they're never going to be you. So just try and find your own voice. Because I always think viewers and listeners are like sharks. They can smell blood a mile off. And if you give them even an inch of vulnerability or nerves in your voice, they're like fucking great. Where's my computer? <laughs> Let's get on Twitter and call this girl a cunt. Like that's what they do. So don't give them that. Just they can smell authenticity a marloff as well and if you're not being authentic to yourself no one else is going to believe you i think
0: that's some great advice i I can't i've never i've not done too much live stuff Mm. i did an as live thing for west ham so it's like ran through and they just played yeah. it like that. Is but that I, with a teleprompter still? Yeah, or there was it? an auto, auto cue. Oh. But I, I'm different to Laura, though. I prefer there to be an auto cue. If I turn up and there's, I'm buzzing. Mm. I'm buzzing. I don't know. I don't know. I can. You can. You can deviate from it. But yeah. i really. I. I just. I'm. I'm fascinated to see how you. How you do it all.
1: You. You've just got to honestly. You've just got to find what works for you. But there's the one thing as well that I would say is confidence is massive. Yeah. So at the beginning of my career, I would mm. never use an auto cue because I genuinely thought. I was dyslexic. I went for a Sky Sports News screen test. I was like, "This will be a piece of piss." Everything's written in front of me. It'd be great. I was probably only about 22 at the time, and I bombed it hard. Like I couldn't even get to the end of a sentence. And I was like, "Shit, I can't use an autocue." And I, I genuinely, I came out of that. I was like in floods of tears. Like I never thought I'd be able to do it again. And it probably set me out three years. I'd say, like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go near it. I was like, I never want to feel like that again. <laughs>
0: Do you use an autocue now for things, Anne? Or... I do now, right? yeah.
1: But for the first, I'd say, six, five or six years of my career, when I actually became a presenter, I wouldn't touch it. I was like, I refuse. Oh, wow. It. Couldn't use it. We don't really use it at Sky anyway. Um, Sky Sports News is a rolling news channel, so they they kind of, you know, breaking news, everything goes around in a circle on that. Like, yeah. It repeats, so they always use autocue. But I was that was the best thing that ever happened to me, bombing in that Sky Sports News screen test, because I realised... A, I'm not a, a news reader. B, I fucking hate auto cue. And C, that's not where my personality needs to be. Mm. Like You've got to find a role that, that suits your personality. Otherwise, you will end up putting on a different voice. So that was a big lesson. Now, now I realise when I started doing talk sport... We have to read, like, sponsored scripts all the time. Mm. We come back from the break and, like, we kind of, that's the way that the the, the format of the show is. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I realised, I was like, oh, I can read. I still fuck up on those scripts. I'm still not fluid. Like, I'm not a fluid reader at all.
0: But I don't think anyone is 100% of the time, are no, they? So
1: especially when you've got things going on.
0: Mm, I heard Gary Neville say on Sky once, I think, that it's rolling with the fuck ups. So, yes. like, messing up, because you will inevitably do that, yeah. but then styling it out as best yeah. as you can, which do you agree
1: that's exactly what it is and that's what live does for you because if it's pre-recorded you go oh we'll just do it again but with live you can't do it again mm. so you your resilience is massive but but confidence genuinely and if there's any young presenters or or aspiring presenters that want to do it like it's going to hurt like it will hurt your ego will take a massive battering like your confidence will take a battering and it's only when you be uncomfortable being shit at the beginning oh yeah it's going to happen yeah. and you're going to make mistakes mm-hmm. but allow yourself to make those mistakes because if you look at it like this like I started learning every time I made a big fuck up and there were loads like every time that happened I would go, right, the, the right way to look at this is thank God I made that mistake because I'll never make that mistake again. 100%. And then you learn from it. But as soon as you've got confidence, genuinely, you can be put into any situation. You're kind of like, I've done this before. It's fine. And, and you, you can only get to that level of confidence through fucking up.
0: Love
2: that. Were any of the big fuck-ups on live TV? Yes, yeah. <laughs> How do you get over that? Oh,
1: my God. I mean, like, I've called people the wrong names before. Like, I remember the first time I did, it was my first live Speedway reporting. And, um, <laughs> and like, pressure does the most ridiculous things to your brain. And for some reason, I was about to interview this rider. And I'd worked in Speedway for about four years so I knew my stuff. I knew everyone. It was like I'd worked behind the scenes and, and I started interviewing this rider and I just looked at the score and I flipped it in my head. So I said to this guy, I was like talking to him like they were losing. And I was like, oh God, like how are you going to get around this? Anyway, I just heard my producer go, they are winning. And I was like, shit. <laughs> but the guy went with it. Because he was like this Aussie, like, ride, like, speedway rider, motorbike guy. So he was kind of like, yeah, I guess, if, I guess if she says we're losing, we're losing. Like, we to you know roll up our sleeves and all this sort of shit. And I was like, I can't go back now and go, oh, you're, you're now winning. Like, but there, there's loads of things like that. Like, sometimes, sometimes people speak to you in your ear while you're talking and that messes your head up because you're like, oh, I can't, like, what did you say? You can't That's hear
0: That's the anything. hardest thing. That. Yeah, it's The really hardest difficult. thing.
1: Or then they'll wait for you to stop talking and they'll talk to you while my interviewee is talking and then <laughs> there's been so many times where what they've actually done is my, the person I'm interviewing has asked me a question because I can't hear it. I'm just going, hmm and you're like what What?" Like, it's really really embarrassing
0: I love stuff like that yeah
1: there's the best you love you love darts so you know who Steve Beaton is right
0: yes yeah the bronze Adonis bronze Adonis it was
1: amazing like when I was younger I always used to put my hand up to do the pre-recorded interviews my voice wouldn't be used I wouldn't be in shot they're called quotes, and it's just like basically talking heads. Mm-hmm. So before a big event, like you're about to play darts, how you feeling, da-da-da-da-da, and they would cut it up and all sorts. Anyway, I interviewed Steve Beaton, and he's just like, he, if you don't know who Steve Beaton is, he's called the Bronze Adonis. He's a beautiful man, and he spent a whole career being an absolute heartthrob <laughs> in the world of darts, which doesn't sound difficult, does it? But, but he, he, is, he, he is a heartthrob. Anyway, I went when I finished the interview... I went, "Thank you so much," and I went to shake his hand. He went for a cuddle because he'd gone for a cuddle. I like put my arms around him and and almost went for a, a kiss on the cheek. He then realized I was going for the kiss that so he turned, and we kissed on the lips. oh no and, he, and I was like, "Oh my what, what have I done <laughs> I felt like'd like, like, like he was like the holy grail and I'd like done, I'd like poisoned it anyway, I I went back into the truck and I sat down. And the guys were like, you're right. And I had my head in my hands. And I was like, I, I just kissed the bronze Adonis on the mouth. <laughs> and I felt his beard. And it was like, I felt like I'd done the worst thing in the world. But now I revel in that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Out, Out of memory. any dance player, like, he's, he's, <laughs> he's definitely up there. I was lucky, wasn't I? Yeah. yeah. Laura, um, oh, we'd love to sit and chat with you all day, but I know you're super busy. Um, so I just want to, so we, we, we've skipped over so much, haven't we, Stevie? We really have. But you've worked with some, some uh, interesting people from the world of sport. Everyone, everyone we can name, you've worked with them. I was wondering if we could play a little game where we give you the name of some people. Some you, some you would have worked, up, uh, worked with, some you wouldn't. Have. And you give us one word or a sentence that springs to mind when okay. you hear this name. Okay. We'll start with Gary Neville.
1: Oh, goalgasm! <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Goldgasm>. Simon Jordan.
1: <sighs> that, that's it. <laughs> that that's <is> it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I do love him, by the way. But yeah, that
2: Jack Grealish.
1: Oh, like is a noise all right again? Like, ah, oh, ja- um, a word for Jack Grealish, um, sweetheart. Gezi Price, ha, oh, um aggro, but I love it. Love yeah. his aggro. Always support that. Don't think that he should change it at all.
0: Nah, I think literally it's like half the reason why I love the arts. Now he, he was, was lovely when he came in here. Yeah, he oh, was. He's a great yeah. guy, like yeah. really
1: great guy, yeah. and bloody good as well.
0: Yeah, we've got
2: Tom Brady.
1: <laughs> Surgery. <laughs> Have you seen him lately? What <laughs> oh, has he done?
0: I didn't expect that. <laughs> Erling Haaland.
1: Oh, um, robot.
0: Yeah, if we predicted you were going to say that one. <laughs> Leo Williamson.
1: Oh, icon.
0: Mikel Arteta. Legend. Dishy as well. Dish. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely <laughs> we,
1: dishy.
0: Laura, we did this thing on, on Happy Hour about a year ago. We got called out for it. We said they... we weren't going to mention this. No, us. we have to, though. We, um, Me, Stevie and Robbie, we, we rated um, all the 20 Premier League managers based purely on appearance alone and put them in a tier
2: list. For no reason. This was half an hour of an episode where we just went, which managers are sexy? <laughs> Who was, bo-
1: was this when Burnley were in the Premier League?
2: Yeah, yeah. Sean Dyche was on there. Yeah. but was he? He, he? I don't think he did too bad. You said he looked like your
0: dad. Yeah. But so then you also call did. them attractive. Yeah. <laughs> but you're from Norwich, yeah. so it's fine.
1: Yeah. As they all are. <laughs> well, I think
0: we put Arteta number one. Yeah. Arteta was, and
2: Gerard was up there. Lampard was in at the time. Where was Thomas as well? too Lampard and, been, and Gerard. He'd be number two for me. Oh, really? Love T- him. Too cool. Really
1: intelligent person to interview. Great. He's he?
2: he can speak a lot of languages, can't he?
1: I think he can, actually. He only spoke English to me, luckily. I don't
2: think, <laughs> I don't think we called him Dishy, though, did we? Benitez right. was on there as well. Benita's oh, was Benita. not. He looks like Al's toy. No, band I didn't say I to put story. him up at the top. He was on <laughs> our list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let, let's get through these last three. We've yeah. got Sorry. Ali McCoy.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Um, work husband.
0: Ben Foster. Oh.
1: You know what? Can I use another word that? Because this is what he would say as well. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if didn't
2: we? And we'll finish with Arabayo Akinfenwa.
1: Oh my god, beast! Love him so much. He, another one of my work husbands.
0: He came on um, a couple of days ago, and he said that he had a bones pick with you, uh, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't actually tell us what you'd done. <laughs> he just said, "Tell her that I'm not happy." Yeah.
1: I think it's because he would He had the premiere of his documentary, and I couldn't go to it.
0: Oh right, okay.
1: At all, and I feel really bad because it was my um, my tutor's leaving drinks. He was retiring, so he, yeah, and I was like, I have to go. My university tutor have yeah. to go to that, and I'd already said yes. So I couldn't, and it was at, it was in Wickham, and it started at like half six. And I was like, Babe, like if it was in London, and it was I could come afterwards, then I would have done. It might have been that, or I, or it was something else. You <laughs> might just hate you. <laughs> Maybe yeah. <laughs> Don't know. Um, Quite likely. What
0: what see, I really like Simon Jordan and Jim White on the radio. Yeah, I yeah, do, yeah. right? I tweeted about that the other day. I got a bit of stick for it.
1: Oh, people love to do shit like that on Twitter, though, don't they? I
0: know. I get called out for anything, so it doesn't really yeah. bother me. But what is Simon Jordan like? Because he's a bit of an, an, an enigma.
1: An enigma, That's easy oh, yeah. for me to say. It's hard, isn't it? Mm. Um, He he actually... We got on really well. Yeah, yeah, we're quite close, actually, me and Simon. People don't think we are, for some reason. Um, and I... He is, yeah. He's a great friend, someone to like bounce things off of because mm. obviously he knows everything in the world of business. Um, I say this to him all the time. I disagree with him about a lot of stuff, yeah. Um, but I've got a lot of respect for him. Yeah, he's he's great. He's great fun. He always looks like he's going to a wedding. Um, <laughs> I always look like I'm, I always look like I'm going to like a um, a 17 year old's birthday party because I'm always in like a tracksuit and stuff like that. And, and that's because you're a runner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a runner. Aren't I? Am I? <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I, I do. I've got a lot of time for Simon. Yeah.
0: And we've got a lot of time for you, Laura. And we'd love ah. to have you back on one day. Because oh, as I, I say, on we have day. just skimmed over so much stuff. Sorry. Um, what's, what's coming up f- uh, 2023 for you?
1: 2023. Um, I Well, I joined ITV this year and that's been mega for me. Congrats so, on that. Yeah, thank you. Mm. It's been very, very cool. Super Bowl. Super Bowl coming up in February. Arizona, so that'll be Big. amazing. That's the first uh, Super Bowl I've ever physically gone and done. Wow,
0: that's going to be huge.
1: Yeah, um, uh, more FA Cup stuff with ITV. World Cup, obviously, which is on now. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, there's a there's a few things that I am thinking about moving into. But I have to kind of sit down. I think in the new year, I think I'm going to sit down and brainstorm um, and think about some new projects and what I want to get on with.
0: Yeah. Absolutely smashing it. I can't let you go without asking you your predictions for the world champs.
1: Oh my God. Um, I lo- Listen, I've watched Michael Van Gerwen come from like, he was a kid when I remember working with him like, first and, and he looked completely different to how he does now. And I always love a tournament that Michael wins because I just think he is darts mm-hmm. and I think that when Phil left I think a big part of what made us not miss Phil that much was that we just had this wonder kid in, in Michael Van Gerwen so I always love a tournament where he wins so I, I fully back it um, I think Johnny Clayton had a good year a couple of years ago as well but I would I would personally love it to be either Michael Van Gerwen or Gerwin Price Fair enough What do you think?
0: I yeah it's hard to ignore MVG isn't it mm-hmm. it really is uh, I like this new kid Josh Rock that everyone's banging on about yeah yeah. I th- yeah. my mate's from Northern Ireland so he's been banging on about him for a while yeah. and I've kind of been like "Oh, the hipster choice but now he's come into the mainstream <laughs> yeah. he's smashing it my favourite is um,
1: Vandenberg dear me oh he's so cool love him the, I can't remember what year it was might have been like I want to say 2014 but I think that was too early maybe it was 2017 or something like that but I remember um, meeting him at the Worlds mm. and um, he is like I mean he's he speaks better English than most English people for yeah, start yeah for sure but he is like this bright fun spark like really really nice to be around lovely everyone behind the scenes loves him as well um, and so talented so yeah. yeah I agree with you actually I'd love to see it. someone like that yeah. I would love to see it and I don't think he's far off at all this will be the first world I haven't done.
0: I know. It's going to be weird. It's yeah. The whole Ali Pali chanting your name when you're up in the studio. I've seen that. I've seen <laughs> <The
1: world>. that. <laughs> Honestly, like, I can't explain how good that feels. It is the best. I don't even know when it started, but it, it was, it's like... The best thing that I will, I will miss that so much. Like it's like that, the darts is so special to me. And I think like my first one was 2010. That was the 2010 Worlds when I was a runner. Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> I've done, I've done all the jobs behind the scenes. So that's, um, yeah, I think, I think that's probably the most for me, like <sighs> the event that has my heart the most, yeah if that makes sense. Like I can do. Something
0: all, special about it, isn't it's there? Just, there's
1: nothing, there's nothing like it. And the first time I went into Ali Pali, that first day I worked on the darts and I'd um, there was no fans in there. It was like early doors. And I walked in and I was like, oh, and it, honestly, it took my breath away. I couldn't, I can't describe how great that felt. And there was nothing in there. It was mm. just an empty hall. And um, I, I I don't know if I could go back. I think I probably, I think the reason I felt that is because I just knew, I don't know how, maybe it was like an epiphany or something, but I just knew it would be something special to me. So yeah, mm. to not to not do it for the first time is like, gutting um, you'll maybe be back I'll, maybe I'll go as a fan <laughs> you won't I'm, know it's me though <laughs>
0: I'm taking you for the first I've, time I've this never shift. been but yeah. we're going oh, you're going
1: honestly mm. dress up wear fancy dress go and be ridiculous mm. like you will absolutely love it yeah are um, you going to be in the stands or in the, in the chairs we'll
0: be getting shit from the stands because we'll be in the chair you're, yeah. you're going
1: to be you're going to be on the tables yeah. right yeah. excellent so yeah <laughs> boring boring tables yeah yeah do you ever remember <laughs> I'm, just, I'm so sorry I know you guys need to Ago. Look at me! I'm like, should we do it longer? <laughs> do you ever remember when <laughs> Ollie will hate me saying this? But do you remember when Ollie Mers tweeted? This was like a few years ago, before COVID, I think it was, and he went why Why are they singing Boring, Boring Taylor thinking that they were shouting to Phil Taylor? He was like, that's so oh. disrespectful. And everyone was like, they're not saying Boring, Boring Taylor. They're saying Boring, Boring Tables, Ollie. And he was like, oh, delete. <laughs> it
0: was just that's brilliant. so good. It was so yeah, good. we're going to get some stick. They they, they give us stick. I'm all right with that. I you don't can, mind. You
1: can give it back. There's, yeah. loads, there's loads you can say to the stands.
0: <laughs> Nori, you're you're fucking great, mate. Oh, thank um, you. We love to you to it. bits. It's um, great being here. Last two Christmas questions. Hit us, Stevie. Ooh.
2: What do you want a Christmas to bring you this year?
1: Ah, world peace. I thought you were going to say the World Cup. Oh my God. Yes, Yeah, fuck world peace.
0: (laughs) Fuck world peace. peace. (laughs) And Laura Woods, what (laughs) is the meaning of Christmas?
1: The meaning of Christmas is eating so much that you can't physically move, but then being able to still down a few baileys
0: love it there we go this has been jack mates happy hour podcast with me jack Mate, stevie white and the brilliant laura Woods. see you in a few days time
1: Bye. jack mates happy hour is a stack production